Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! going on guys welcome back to wrestle rant radio for thursday october 7 2021 i am graham gson matthews hope you guys are doing well and having a great week and tomorrow october 8th marks eight years that i've been doing wrestle rant radio and it's such a crazy turn of events as i was at my alma mater endicott college where this show all started eight years ago um just on tuesday for something else completely unrelated to see a friend of mine from college and I was back on the campus, and I've I've been there back on campus about a time or two since I graduated a few years ago. Um, Tom and I actually recorded the show about a year after I graduated, breaking down or previewing rather, uh, doing a WrestleMania roundtable for WrestleMania 34 about three three and a half years ago. I actually had a chance to see Tom for the first time since then in person when I visited on Tuesday. Uh, former host of the show at that point from 2016 to 2017. Uh, WrestleRant Radio alum, of course. Got a chance to catch up with him. We will definitely have him back here on WrestleRant Radio at some point in the not-too-distant future. Awesome catching up with Tom. But yeah, being back on campus and being back to where it all started exactly eight years, almost to the day from when the show started, was crazy. And technically, I was there on Tuesday. The show started on October 8th, which back in 2013 was a Tuesday, which is wild. So um, that was super cool. It's actually not in the same building anymore where I used to record the show on campus. They completely tore down that entire building, put a new building up, uh, and they created, I don't want to say state-of-the-art, it's it's not a major studio, but the new studio they have for the Endicott College radio station where I used to do WrestleRant Radio um, eight years ago up until I graduated a few years ago. Um, it's completely brand new, it's bigger, it looks awesome, and the new studio looks really, really cool. So um, hopefully at some point we get to do a 10-year reunion show on campus, myself, RJ, Tom as well, if he's still there at that point, I think that'd be awesome. That's still two years away. We're talking eight years here today. I'm kind of looking ahead to the next two years and jumping to conclusions here, but I think that'd be cool to do another show back on campus to kind of celebrate 10 years of the show, which is Wild. That's like doing, that's like spending a third of my life, and I won't even be 30 at that point. Think about that for a second. A third of my life will have been spent, not even a third, over a third, will have been spent recording this show, which is crazy. It's been a big part of my life. You guys have been a big part of my life. I appreciate that. Continue. Uh, Your continued support of the show has been awesome. So thank you so much for sticking around through all eight years of WrestleRant Radio. Whether you're joining now or you joined last year or you joined five years ago or from the very beginning. Uh, you can check out all episodes of WrestleRant Radio here on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. With all that being said, guys, we got another big week of WrestleRant Radio this week. Uh, this time breaking down the 2021 WWE Draft. Both nights, Raw, SmackDown, who got moved uh, from both brands, as well as up from NXT, who got called up from the black and gold brand, or the now former black and gold brand, I guess, 
as you could call it. Um, a lot of moves made, a lot of analysis of each and every pick. We're going to get into it here today on WrestleRant Radio, in addition to some quick thoughts on last night's AEW Anniversary Edition of Dynamite, which was great, I thought. So let's get right into it here on the eve of our own anniversary for WrestleRant Radio. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing great. we got a lot to discuss. So we, obviously, we spoke last Thursday before night one of the 2021 WWE Draft. So as opposed to going through like a formal Raw review like we usually do, I'm going to get your thoughts on the top picks and moves and selections made on both nights of the WWE Draft. And uh, some moves, I thought most of the moves, honestly, I thought were fairly logical. I thought they were well done. The format this year was a bit better. Some confusing, like why would you pick this, this person before that person? How many people from NXT were actually eligible? I.e., why would you pick Aaliyah, for example, before Io Shirai? That was never really made clear. Um, but beyond the obvious, like drafting the New Day separately as opposed to as a trio, which didn't make a lot of sense either. Um, I thought overall, in my opinion anyway, I thought it was a success. And obviously, it's hard to really call it a success until we see the aftermath of an event like this and who does what on each show. So we'll find out in due time. But let's run it down for you real quick. Round one, starting with Roman Reigns to SmackDown, Big E to Raw as the WWE Champion. Uh, going to SmackDown, the Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair going to Raw. So three moves, Roman Reigns staying put as the Universal Champion. I think it's safe to say Roman and Big E were pretty self-explanatory. Um, but your thoughts on the top first four packs uh, picks in the draft here, Mr. Marceau. Charlotte going to SmackDown, Bianca going to Raw. We did our moves and selections last week with what we would do in the draft. I don't think either of us won, uh, saw those two picks coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... Roman and Big E just made sense. I mean, Roman is the face of the company. I don't think SmackDown wanted to lose him. Um, so that made a lot of sense. Uh, Big E just won the Raw, uh, basically the WWE Championship, which was on Raw. You're not going to have them both on SmackDown. So he goes to Raw. I will say I was pretty shocked when, when Charlotte got drafted to SmackDown. Um, I thought, I don't know. I just felt like USA would have kept her or tried to keep her. I mean, I like Bianca, but, I mean, Charlotte's just on another level than her, unfortunately. And then when Bianca went to smack to Raw, I didn't make, was it too shot? Because, like, like I said, they need to get someone back. But I feel like Raw kind of got the raw end of the deal on that one, pun intended. Because I like Bianca, but, like I said, Charlotte and Roman are just way bigger household names than Big E and Bianca are, unfortunately. Do you think they made up for it by putting Becky on Raw? I mean, obviously, that's one trade. And Bianca's a big star and whatnot, but she's not on the level of a, a Becky or a Charlotte at this point. So do you think that kind of made up for it or not yet? Eh, I think it made up for Charlotte going, but, I mean, I still think SmackDown Raw got worse. Like, SmackDown got the better picks than Raw did. Overall or with this round or with this night? Overall. overall. This round and overall. You're saying SmackDown was superior to Raw overall? Yes. Interesting. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll do overall analysis because I saw the opposite on social media in the last couple of days. Um, next round, though, we kind of all saw this one coming. Drew McIntyre going to SmackDown for the first time in close to a decade. RK Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champion, staying put on Raw. The New Day, you know, sans Biggie, obviously. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods going to SmackDown. I like that they're separated. No reason to keep them on the same show. And Edge going from SmackDown to Raw. And we'll talk about the night two picks with Seth Rollins being drafted as well. Um, RK Bro, though, staying put makes total sense. McIntyre going to SmackDown was what exactly needed to happen. Um, Edge on Raw doesn't really make much of a difference, just considering he's 
you know, not around all the time. He's around fairly regularly lately, but beyond Crown Jewel, who knows um, how much he'll actually be around going into WrestleMania season. And in the New Day, they've won every tag title on every show for this by this point, um, many times over. But I like the idea of keeping them away from um, Big E, as he can kind of be his own guy on Raw. So, um, your thoughts on the moves made with McIntyre, RK Bro, New Day, and Edge, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, RK Bro made sense. Keep him on Raw. I mean, Orton can be in a singles feud and tag team, so need to keep a big-time player on Raw. Um, I mean, Drew going to SmackDown needed to happen, but that, that's another example. Like, Drew is another household name. So now you have Drew, Charlotte, and Roman on SmackDown. Even though it needed to happen, I mean, it's still another big name that Raw lost. Yes, they get Edge, but like he's a part-time guy. He isn't always around at every show like Drew is. So I'd say they kind of lost it on that end. Um, and then New Day being away from Kofi, I mean, or against from Biggie, I mean, that's a must. I just, they broke him up. I just feel like they keep him apart for a little bit longer. I just, I, I don't mind them going to SmackDown. I saw a lot of people all upset that they split them up again, but I just don't think they need to be together. I, I want Biggie to kind of get on his own. Get the stench away from him a little bit. Get the stench away. Wow. Well, he has been his own guy for the last year on SmackDown, and I was worried that in putting them back together, which isn't the worst thing. I mean, the New Day are entertaining, but it was like with the Kofi Kingston Championship run, which was a great run. He was booked very well, had some good matches. The problem with it, though, in my opinion, was that he never really felt like the guy on SmackDown. The New Day were the guys, which is fine. But I feel like Kofi was never really booked like a top, top guy. I mean, McIntyre never really main evented a lot of pay-per-views as champion either. That's not really a great indicator. I mean, Kofi didn't either. He didn't main event, I don't think, any pay-per-views as WWE champion. But the biggest problem was that he was always associated with New Day. He was in six-man tags a lot. It was kind of like the New Day act, just in the main event level. And if it works, don't fix it. You know, obviously, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, But I just felt like Kofi should have been more of his own guy and... You know, I understand not wanting to move away from the New Day music, but it was still the same happy-go-lucky Kofi that we had been seeing for years. And I didn't love that aspect of the run that he had in 2019, although overall I thought it was great. Uh, we have seen a more serious Big E over the last year in feuds with Big E, or I'm sorry, with Apollo Crews, and with, you know, Roman Reigns and all this other stuff. So, um, and not Roman Reigns, but whoever he was feeding with before Apollo Crews. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Biggie on his own on Raw, The New Day on SmackDown, and I thought it was a good pick overall uh, with The New Day going to SmackDown by themselves. So let's get to round three here. Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss, the new name for Riddick Moss. Uh, just terrible. Um, he was at the top of the uh, third round here. Your, your thoughts on that before we go any further, Mr. Marceau, because they announced it on Friday after we spoke last Thursday. The fact that they got picked is, like... What do you, what, they should have been in the first round. I just, I don't get it. I don't care. I think the the Happy Corbin stuff have been decent at best, but I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what about the Mad Cat Moss name? What are your thoughts on that? Stupid. Stupid? What does Mad Cat Moss even mean? What would you say? Stupid. Stupid? But does Mad Cat Moss even have a translation? I'm kind of like, I'm, I don't know. I'm not hip in, with the fucking lingo and shit. Does that mean I anything? Like, I, like, looked up a definition, but, like, I still don't get it. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't understand that. I don't know. I heard that, and I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? I mean, listen, the guy's not a top star, so it doesn't really bother me. Um, so I can't I can't say I'm shocked by that. 
Um, but still, it was just stupid. So they got picked at the top of the third round here along with the WWE, just SmackDown, obviously. Um, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash, who are now without challengers, now without a division on Raw or SmackDown. And they're not in NXT at this point, so... <laughs> I don't know, it's just... Yeah, it's just stupid. Um, Hit Row getting drafted from NXT to SmackDown as a unit. Isaiah Swerve Scott, the NXT North American Champion, for now anyway. Ashanti, the Adonis, Top Dalla, and B-Fab all going to SmackDown. We'll talk about that in a moment. In addition to Keith Bearcat Lee, um, he's headed to Raw, staying on Raw um, as of the 2021 WWE Draft. So um, we already talked about Corbin and Moss. The fact that got picked at the top of the you know, third round ahead of like a guy like Jeff Hardy, for example. Don't really understand that. But um, anyway, Nikki and Rhea staying where they were as soon as they dropped the tag titles. Them staying on Raw makes sense. Um, hit Row, major move here. We were talking about this. We were skeptical. I still am skeptical. SmackDown is a better landing spot than Raw, but I'm very worried that they'll be ruined on SmackDown. Um, but well, time will tell. And then Keith Lee staying on Raw, not a major shock there. Um, your thoughts on the 2019 or 2021 round one results, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, I thought the, th- I mean, the third round, like I said, Happy Corbin and Madcott Moss getting picked the first. I mean, that's embarrassed for if i was ria nikki hit round bearcat lee i'd be i'd be embarrassed that they got picked over them but um i mean the other three made sense i mean ria nikki i liked them together um i mean the tech division has like no teams for the women so i guess they'll be a champions for a division that doesn't exist uh hit row i mean big hit row guy so glad that they got drafted smackdown seemed like the right landing spot for them um i i, I assume top dollar will break off in like a week and uh, probably push to the title picture, but we'll see from there. And then Bearcat, I mean, at least he got picked higher up. I feel like they do have some interest in him. The name's really stupid, but I'm willing to give it some time. What, the top dollar name? No, Bearcat. Stupid oh, with Bearcat. Bearcat. Okay, I was going to say, I thought you were disrespecting top dollar for a second, but uh, no, the Bearcat thing I think is still dumb. We didn't see him on, was he on Raw this week? No, he wasn't on Raw this week, so... We haven't exactly seen the follow-up from his debut. I'm still not exactly sold on the heel, Keith Lee, but if it gets him back on the show, so be it. With Hit Row, though, what is the ceiling for them on SmackDown, Mr. Marceau? I mean, these guys just... It is kind of crazy how they only just debuted in NXT five months ago. Undisputed, they were there for four years, and they never got called up once. I mean, they were there for, you know, doing shots here and there for respective pay-per-views and whatever for the NXT invasions heading into Survivor Series two years ago. Beyond that, though, they were never on the main roster. Hit Row there for five months. Vince McMahon must love these guys and be fab and uh, wanted them on the main roster as soon as possible. So do you fear for them? What, what's the ceiling for them? Is it a mid-card act? What are you thinking? Oh, I fear for everyone getting called up. I mean, I, I think they can make it work, though. I think Swerve's they start off correctly and push him towards the Intercontinental Championship and build him up to the point that maybe they can get him to the top role. But, I mean... I think realistically, they're probably mid-card people. You can have Adonis and Top Dollar be in a tag division, and B-Fab should not be wrestling for any women's championship anytime soon because there's a lot of work to go with. But, uh, <laughs> Say the least. I think if you push them correctly, they could be a good mid-card team for now, and then maybe you could start basically pushing Swerve as like a top, top guy. So obviously it's academic that he loses the North American Championship next week, right, to uh, Escobar? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm, I'm actually very pleasantly surprised that they're doing that because typical WWE, when someone gets called up, they vacate the championship or they just never really acknowledge it or whatever. They do something that doesn't make sense. 
Um, like when Bronson was supposed to get called up, he dropped it like almost instantly out of nowhere to, um, to, to Isaiah actually, to Isaiah Swerve Scott. And he hasn't defended he hasn't defended the, the uh, damn title once in the last three or four months. Um, so him actually at they're, they're they're actually advertising the match in advance for next week. I appreciate that. It should be a good match. Escobar is the right guy to take the title from him, considering how long the feud's been going on for. So I appreciate that. But like in Asuka or the Raiders, for example, all vacated their championships when they got called up. So I'm glad they're not doing that with um with Hit Row. But yeah, Keith Lee. We already talked about staying on Raw. We'll talk about the women's tag team division later because the fact that they have no teams at this point makes those titles completely pointless, even more pointless than they already were. Um, then head into the fourth round here on night one of the 2021 WWE Draft. We've got Naomi on SmackDown. Ray and Dominic Mysterio headed back to Raw, interestingly, as a unit. Jeff Hardy on SmackDown, which I like a lot. And Austin Theory from NXT is the final televised pick in the 2021 Draft, headed to Monday Night Raw. A very interesting round here. Naomi's staying on SmackDown, I like a lot. She's already feeding with Sonya. Keep her right where she is. Ray and Dominic is an interesting one. I don't know if they're going to remain a tag team. I, they were teasing tension. I thought they might break up. I assume they probably still will. Um, Jeff Hardy going to SmackDown was a given. We talked about that last week. That was a slam dunk. Austin Theory, we all kind of figured was getting called up. The fact he's on Raw, though, is interesting. I will say that much. I mean, he's already off to a good start attacking Jeff Hardy in Monday's Raw, but... Not too sure what to think about that one. Him getting called up before a guy like an L.A. Knight, for example, I don't overly understand, but it is what it is. Um, so your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on this uh, round four draft picks of Naomi, the Mysterio's Hardy, and Austin Theory. Yeah, I thought this was a good round of picks here. At least that Naomi's been te- like feuding with Sonya. Um, so keep her on SmackDown. Her husband's on SmackDown as well. Obviously, you didn't get picked on Monday, but I didn't know they weren't going to break them up. Um, Mysterio's, I mean, they've been teasing tension seemed like they were going to break apart but they are moving to raw as a team uh jeff hardy needed a scenery change um he's been pushed a little bit better on raw or at least been getting tv time so that's good and then i mean austin theory I mean, what happened on raw i mean they, i'm hoping like he's not like a joke guy but like just the way he debuted i'm kind of nervous for him uh, but i mean if given the right push and actual meaning behind him i think he could be a big time player if they actually you know, push him correctly. Do you think that they did that on purpose with him, like asking for Jeff's autograph to kind of play out the character he was doing in NXT before attacking him, which we didn't really see a lot of him doing in NXT while he was with The Way. So do you think they did what they did to kind of indicate this is a different Austin theory than we were seeing in NXT up until recently? Yeah, I mean, I liked when they just called the way that he was, like when they called him up beginning of 2020, like when he got called up with that dry, like, didn't really have a character, but I just feel like he was a good enough wrestler he could just get by. Obviously, they should build off that a little bit, but the way stuff's terrible. He was, uh, I don't know, he was he was giving off Orton like 03 vibes to me at that point. Like Legend Killer Orton, not that he's on Randy Orton's level by any means, but like that douchey prick mid-card heel type thing. I thought he played that role really, really well. Yeah, I mean. And he was generic, but I don't know. I liked him. I still do. Yeah, but. I think. I think he was good, and like you said, wasn't like a great character, but I think if done right, he could have been better and not... Like I said, I think the way stuff's terrible, so the less of that, better, please. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the way, but him doing that yeah, on... Yeah, we know you like the way. It's terrible. Move on. <laughs> I like the way, but the thing is is that him doing it on its on his own on Raw is just not going to work, so I don't think he will. Um, this is one time where I think when they call someone up that he shouldn't continue what he was doing that next day. This is like one example of them changing it that I'm actually in favor of because I just don't think it would work. 
Um, but anyway, so going to these supplemental picks here just real quickly with who went where on Raw Talk or Talking Smack the day after the draft. Um, Akira Tozawa staying on Raw. Aliyah going to SmackDown. You know my thoughts on that one. Alpha Academy going to Raw. Paulo Cruz and Commander Aziz going to Raw. Dewdrop Raw. Drake Maverick Raw from, I thought, NXT. It says here Raw. He was already on Raw, but I don't think he was. Drew Gulak going to SmackDown uh, from Raw. John Morrison staying on Raw. Mace, Mansoor, and Mustafa Ali all going to SmackDown. So Mace and T-Bar are no more. Nia Jax staying on Raw. R-Truth Raw. Reggie Raw. T-Bar Raw. Tony Storm SmackDown. And Zelina Vega going to Raw. So, any major takeaways here? Because for me, I feel like T-Bar and Mace breaking up, I thought was really cool because I was always a Dominic Dijakovic guy. I know you were not. Um, that team was always just terrible to me. So, them breaking up, I think, is a is a plus, personally. The rest of the round, I mean, it was pretty much what you would expect from a, a supplemental draft online. Um, Aliyah getting drafted, again, logically, realistically, from a storyline standpoint, above a person like a fucking... Johnny Gargano, or even for the women, like a uh, Io Shirai or a Zoe Stark or someone like that makes... Or a Frankie Monet, actually. Frankie Monet and John Morrison going together in the same round would have been perfect, but got to get Aliyah on SmackDown. Uh, I don't know. I'm not too I'm not too fond of that. Any takeaways here, Mr. Marceau, from the uh, supplemental picks on night one? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the only ones I really cared about were Alpha Academy and Tony Storm. I mean, Alpha Academy got moved to Raw. Um, so I guess they can change up the tag team division a little bit on Raw, maybe give them a title match, and maybe they can win there. Um, Tony Storm on SmackDown, I mean, she debuted and hasn't really done much, but, I mean, everyone else is kind of just, man, I expect them to all be on Superstars in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, or main event or whatever it is, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I, I'm... There's some good people here on both shows. Um, I want them to be used more. Tony Storm being one of them. I mean, they've done absolutely nothing with this woman since she got called up three months ago. Is it safe to say that they should have just fucking waited until the draft to call up Tegan and Shotzi and Tony? Because they did nothing for three months, and it would have been a much better moment had they just gotten called up in the draft as opposed to like an Aaliyah or someone like that. Yeah, the way that they called them up, they literally. I mean. I will say though, Tony, not Tony, uh, Shotzi and Tegan, like they literally beat the tag team champions like three different times and then they never got an actual tag team title match and then they did nothing. So they actually were on TV a little bit more. I mean, Tony Storm was on TV like twice and she got called up and it was like a month or two ago. And then Tegan and Shotzi got split up in the draft at night too. I mean, what the, what is the logic of that? Mm-hmm. Hey. WWE for you, I guess. Let's get to night two here. Um, starting with round one, Becky Lynch obviously going to Raw as the SmackDown Women's Champion. The Usos staying on SmackDown as the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The Hurt Business, that being Bobby Lashley with MVP, staying on Raw. Um, I don't think they're officially the Hurt Business, but that's what it says here on Wikipedia. But yeah, they're staying on Raw. And then Sasha Banks also staying on SmackDown. So a lot of people staying where they are in this portion of the draft. I'm totally fine with that. Lashley, I thought, might go to SmackDown to make up with the fact that Rollins is on Raw now, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, I know he's staying put on Raw. Um, the Usos, obviously, that was a given. Becky going to Raw after Charlotte got moved was a given. Not too fond of it, but it made sense. And Sasha staying where she was also made sense. Uh, your thoughts on these picks, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, I think they all made sense, especially with Charlotte moving to SmackDown. Got to kind of put a big time face on Raw. I kind of wish Becky was on SmackDown, but if you're going to move Charlotte, you got to move Becky on another show. So it made sense at that point, but I'd rather have Becky on SmackDown. I don't want to get all that shit on her on Raw because Raw is just much, 
like terrible show. It's less it's way more inferior to SmackDown. So I thought she fit well in SmackDown. She was one of the brighter spots on SmackDown. So moving her to Raw, I guess that's a plus. But there's a lot of crap on Raw, so it might bring her down a little bit. No, I'm glad that Becky and Bianca are on the same show because at least they can finish the feud because it would have been abysmal. It would have been made absolutely no sense had they drafted the two to different shows and not finished that feud first. I'm glad they're at least on the same show. Yeah, that's a positive. What about the Crown Jewel match? We got Sasha, Becky, and Bianca. Triple threat for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha is the only one still on SmackDown in that match. Does she win or does Becky hold on to it or Bianca win and they just do that dumb title swap they did last year? I mean, I think you can have Sasha's pin Bianca. I mean, technically, that was supposed to be the match at SmackDown or SummerSlam. We were pretty much sure Sasha was going to win. You can have Sasha win the belt back there. And then, uh, I mean, then when you do a Charlotte's belt, then I don't know what we really do from there. Maybe they just hand it to Becky. I don't really know. But they'd have to do something unless, yeah, I mean, they'd have to do something unless you're just going to do the swap, which is kind of stupid. So I would have Sasha win, but then you'd have to have some way for one of the Raw women to win the belt on that belt to go back to Raw. So we'll see. I think there'd be, I think now that I'm thinking about it, there's a better chance they just swap the belts, which is stupid than actually someone winning it from each of them. Cause I mean, I don't, unless they have Charlotte on Raw and she just loses the belt in the next couple of weeks. I don't think she's on crown jewel. So that's the thing. Yeah. She might be. I know they're doing the King of the ring and the queen's crown, which we'll talk about momentarily, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, let, let's say, Let's talk about that for a second. If they were to have Sasha win it and someone from Raw had to win the Raw Women's Championship in the next couple of weeks because the draft, as we were told a million times, does not go into effect until the day after Crown Jewel, which is October 22nd, SmackDown. Uh, Who from Raw that you know of is on the Raw roster right now? Would you have win the Raw Women's Championship from Charlotte in the next couple of weeks? Let's look at the roster here. I mean, uh, Bianca just lost to Charlotte on Monday, so I'm thinking, oh, if she beat Charlotte, she gets a title shot, but that didn't happen, so I don't know. Oh, no, I mean... I would have said Shayna, but she's on SmackDown now, too. I mean, if you want to make a star, make someone important out of Tegan beat her, but I don't think that'll happen. Or Liv Morgan. Um, but, mm-hmm. but I don't think that would happen either, but I mean... I don't know. I, I feel like Charlotte is big enough that you've had someone beat her. Even if it was fluky just to beat her and get the title on them. I mean, I guess you could push it correctly. I mean, not like Nash is amazing, but she's definitely in a better position than she once was. So, I mean, the smart answer is to say Becky, but if you want to make these other women seem more important, you can have them beat Charlotte. And, I yeah, know. I guess. I think that's the best idea. Not Carmella, because I feel like we've been there, done that. Dana Brooke, no. Uh, Tamina, fuck no. Um, <laughs> I forgot she got drafted. Liv Morgan and Tegan would make the most like would be the the best booking idea. Just like make someone else seem more important. Because I don't think Alexa Bliss will be on TV anytime soon. She's still on Raw, and then you can have them as like the underdog champion and get Becky being like a fucking bitch and trying to get the belt back. Yeah, that, that's possible. Liv Morgan's got momentum right now, so I could see that. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think we're gonna end up with the. Uh... The, the dumb title swap. I mean, as a ruthless aggression guy, can you agree that it would be much better if we had to be just gone back to the way that it was and having the WWE tag team titles and the world tag team titles? And, you know, I mean, they had the Divas Championship back in the day, but you can get more creative than calling the Raw and SmackDown women's titles or the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles, for example. I mean, if you want to be realistic, all that it should be one title for each person and they just go between brands. Should be one world champion, one women's champion, and one tag team champion, and they're the only people that can move from show to show. 
the fact that they have two world championships for both things is kind of stupid, if you ask me. If you want to be realistic, if you want to, if you want my real opinion, that's what it realistically should be. I'm fine with I'm fine with Intercontinental and United States staying brand specific, but those other ones there should only be one of each. With that, I mean, this is a whole other conversation. But with something like that, <laughs> it's gonna go down the rabbit hole now. Here we go. Well, I'm curious because we we've talked about this. We've talked about brand splitship before. Do you do it? Do you not do it? They have it. They still even firing half of the people they did last year. They still have a ginormous roster. Do you think that I? Hmm. I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on this because if you have one world champion, I feel like that's for the. I mean. Th- Obviously, theoretically, ideally, yes, one world title is more important. AEW is a massive roster right now. I don't think they should create a second world championship. I think that would be silly. They don't have a brand split, though. So if they because WWE has a brand split, I feel like two world titles is the only answer because otherwise, Big E and Bobby and the people on Raw have nothing to do. I mean, yeah, you can have Roman go to both shows, but you can't have a Roman Reigns-type run and all the people on Raw have really nothing to fight for if... Roman's feuding with Brock Lesnar, for example. That's the only issue that I see with that. I guess, but I don't know. I just feel like there's just so many belts. Like, maybe the men know because there's a lot more men, but the women, there should be one belt. They don't have that enough women that they should have two belts. It's like, I, I, like the tag teams. They don't have enough tag teams to have two different belts. I agree and I disagree. I think they have enough women to have two titles. Like AEW, they're creating a second women's title, which I already expressed concern for a week or two ago when we were talking about how the thing with that though is that they that's a whole other issue with AEW they don't have any compelling secondary feuds in the women's division WWE doesn't have enough compelling secondary feuds in the women's division to justify having a second title on whatever but they have two different shows that's the thing the problem with WWE I feel is that they have enough women Raw alone has a I think a very good women's division Smackdown Coming out of the draft, this is a very good women's division. The problem is that they just don't make you care about these. A lot of the women in the undercard, like Liv Morgan and Carmella, feuding over literally nothing. It just, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, I just don't think, I think they need two titles for now because they're on separate shows. But I feel like it wouldn't be as big of a problem if you actually had divisions with a lot more women that meant something. It's the same issue with the men. There's a lot of guys that just don't mean anything because they don't do anything with them. But I feel like if you did more with most of these people, um, AEW included, that goes to their women's division. I mean, with the men, they do a good job of that. With the women, not so much. I feel like a secondary title would make sense. But the problem is that they don't make a lot of these women feel important with the way that they book them. Yeah, I get it. I don't know. I just At the end of the day, I think it, this all centers around better create creative. I mean... The, the, if you're better creative, then you could have more meaningful storylines, then you would have less reliance on belts to make people seem important, but the creative's terrible, and that's why we don't have secondary, real secondary feuds, really, that don't revolve around belts, because I feel like that's... Everything they do is revolving around a belt to make it seem more important, instead of just putting good creative together. Like, the last creative women's storyline they had was Sonya and Mandy, and it went nowhere for both of them, so... Um, I don't know. I feel like SmackDown, right when the brand split happened, they had a lot of good secondary feuds, like Beck, uh, Nikki Bell and Carmella. Like they had some other really interesting stuff, and since then they've had like nothing, nothing interesting at all about Eva Marie and Alexa Bliss. Eva Marie versus Dewdrop? Come on, <laughs> stupid. Shayna versus Nia. <laughs> you're just you're just digging your hole now. Oh, 100. percent Those matches were just terrible. Keep going. 
Yeah, I don't know. This is why I think for like AEW, for example, I don't have an issue with the trios title. I think for a WWE, that would be fucking stupid, but I just don't think it's necessary for a WWE to have two different sets of tag titles. I am a brand split guy. To the day I die, I'm a brand split guy. The problem with having two sets of tag titles is that these divisions are fucking dead. When you drought the entire SmackDown tag division to Raw, they drafted literally three or four teams from SmackDown to Raw. Then what the fuck is the point of the draft if you're going to do the same matches on Raw that you just did on SmackDown days earlier? If Mondays are the same as Fridays, then what is the difference? So I'm just not in favor of that. If they had, even if they had the teams that they have, not every team really means anything. I mean, they should have more. They break up the fucking teams in, in this draft and whatever. It just makes no sense. I mean, I saw the report they were going to break up the profits and they, I guess, obviously went against that. So they broke up Mason T-Bar instead. It's like they have to break up at least one team. It's like, it's like their quota. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm not, I'm fine with that one, but it was fucking stupid. Anyway, back to night two of the draft here. Let's start with the second round. I can go on forever about some of the, I mean, listen, they do a lot of good stuff too, but when it comes to shit like this, it just, we, we, we kind of accept it and we don't really talk about it because it's normal, which just sounds, it, it's very depressing to even say that out loud. But when you really think about it, a lot of this shit is just stupid and it needs to change. And you just, you know it's not, so which is why I don't really complain about it often. Um, but going to the second round, Seth Rollins going to Raw, so meaning the Monday Night Messiah is back. King Nakamura with the Intercontinental Championship and Rick Boogs all staying on SmackDown. Pat McAfee was happy about that one. Uh, Damian Priest, the United States champion, staying on Raw, and Sheamus going to SmackDown. Um, good round here. The thing is, I mean, obviously, we discussed this last week. I would have put Priest on SmackDown, Nakamura on Raw. I know we haven't gotten Reigns and Nakamura yet, but I just feel like Priest is a much bigger deal. That's a fresher match. Priest can always win the Rumble and go to SmackDown and challenge Roman. I don't think it's happening at this point. I just can't shake the feeling, as we've discussed many, many times, that Damien is the guy to beat Roman. Because, I mean, unless it's Drew, which it's looking like it probably will be, and I like Drew, it's better than Brock or Goldberg or whoever the fuck. I just don't love that idea because Drew is already a made man. Um, Damien can be made by beating Roman. But aside from that, though, he's staying on Raw. Shame's going to SmackDown, uh, following Drew for whatever that's worth. And Rollins going to Raw, I don't love, but you had to do it with Becky going to Raw. And the couples got to stay, you got to keep the couples together. So uh, it makes for a lot of issues with the draft picks and whatever. But I think Rollins going back to Raw a year after he left was way too soon. But I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest deal I had out of this round, I think all picks were good, but I definitely would have switched Nakamura and Damian Priest. I feel like Nakamura just like, it's just. I like Nakamura. Please, for the love of God, lose the King stuff. It's terrible. Uh, Boogs is whatever. I mean, I don't think he really brings much of a positive to Nakamura, but it is what it is. But I just feel like that's... I mean, they did move a lot of those SmackDown mid-card guys to Raw, so I guess that's a plus, but I don't know. I, I, I think I... It, the only reason I'm happy you stay on SmackDown because I hope he loses it soon. Um, but, I mean, Rollins going to Raw made sense just because Becky left, but... This whole character, I've said it a thousand times. I'm a Rollins guy, but I think his new character sucks. It's not interesting. It's fucking annoying. He talks, his promos are so annoying. And they're not even like heel annoying. They're just like, get off my TV annoying. He's the drip god. It's awful and it's terrible. And I, he loved it. And when I listened to Stone Cold thing, he was talking about how great of yeah. an idea thought it was. I just think since he's done the whole Messiah stuff, like the Messiah stuff was better than this. This is even worse. And I just, the less is better with him. And I just, the architect was good. This branch off of that has been honestly awful. And I, 
I like Rollins, and I literally usually speed. And if you ever does a promo, I usually just speed through it because it's honestly horrible. You prefer which incarnation of Rollins then? I mean, I don't prefer either of them, but I'd rather listen to Messiah than this stupid drip god, terrible, screaming promo awfulness. No, 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 but I mean, in terms of like the many versions of Rollins we've gotten over the years, what would you say was like your favorite version of Rollins? Oh, it's easily the Architect. Oh, so like Authority Rollins? Oh yeah. So you think we can go back? To, I mean, I don't know. I'm not I, saying go back to that. Don't, but but I just think his new characters. All like I said, all he does is scream in every promo. And it's uh, it's so annoying. Yeah, it is Jericho esque in that way. Um, what was I gonna say? So with with Rollins. I appreciate his attempt to do something different. I don't mind the character, but it's just... I get the same consensus from a lot of people that a lot of people don't like it. So, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure what the end game is here. Like, hopefully, do you think he can go back to being a babyface? This is another thing, too, dude. I think him going back to being a babyface anytime soon might be too soon. But what I would have done by having him keeping him on SmackDown, he could have feuded with Roman Reigns. And now we can't get that if he's on Raw. Yeah, I, I think I was hoping that he would go after Roman, but obviously if they switch shows, it's not going to happen. But if he's going to be a heel, he wouldn't face Roman anyways. But I don't know. I think he is a good heel, but I, I just I feel like he's just a generic baby face as well. So I'm kind of stuck in a hard, like between a rock and a hard place right now with Rollins. But this new character, I just I don't I don't know I don't see anyone even like saying it's good though. It's not even like people are like, oh, it's good. Like I haven't seen anyone even praising it. I just I think it's awful and. Please, for the love of God, move on from it because it's not good at all. <laughs> like I said, I'm a Rollins guy and I hate it. Hate, hate it. it. Wow. Yep. Damn. Harsh words for the Monday Night Messiah for Mr. Marceau. Um, yep. Yeah, I get that. You're not alone in feeling that way. I mean, I don't feel as strongly as you do about it, but I've seen a lot of people say that exact same thing. So you're definitely not alone there. Uh, go to round three here. AJ Styles and Omos staying on Raw. Shayna Baszler going to SmackDown. Kevin Owens for the seventh year in a row going to Raw. Um, getting drafted again. And Zia Lee from NXT getting drafted to SmackDown. So, interesting round here. Love that Shayna was as high as she was. AJ just does not feel important at all right now. So, like, him getting picked in the third round as opposed to, like, the first round or the second round speaks volumes. I think the fact that he was picked, like, after Sheamus, who I like Sheamus, but AJ's a far bigger deal. But currently, he's just not. Um, so he's staying on Raw. Shayna's on SmackDown, which I like a lot. Um, Kevin getting switched doesn't really mean anything if, you know, if uh, he's going to AEW anyway. And then Zia Lee is an interesting one. We all kind of figured that. And her on SmackDown, you know, is an interesting pick. And hopefully, she does well over there. So your thoughts, uh, Mr. Marceau, on AJ, Shayna, Kevin Owens, and Zia Lee on their respective new shows? Owens oh, going to Raw. I mean, what does it even matter? It doesn't matter at this point. That was just like whatever. Um, I mean, I think he's good but gone. If his contract's up soon, I think he's leaving, which he should because I feel like he hasn't done shit in the last like four years. But that is what it is. Um, AJ, definitely underwhelming. Uh, the tag team was like a decent idea, but I mean, he's he's like they need to be utilizing him to like his name. I mean, he's fucking AJ Styles. He should be like a top single guy. I get it. Like they want to maybe pump up Omos, but, like, the tag team... The tag team division's awful, so, like, it's literally... Once they lose the Orton and or, or Riddle, like, what do you do with them from there? Like, it's not like they have, like, a this stacked tag team division that they can do more feuds with, so whatever. Uh, Shayna going to SmackDown, amazing. Um, she needed it. She's been starting to finally get pushed, so 
Hopefully this can lead to something big. She's back to badass Shayna Baszler, so that's great. And then Zaylee, I mean, the less of the tea and Shaw lady, the better. I think she's good as a heel, but that goofball is just doesn't help her at all. So I think this could be good for her if done correctly. I expect her to be our main event in a month, but hopefully she can figure it out. Hey, she can't be on main event if she's on SmackDown because Raw is a uh, main event's a Raw show. She'll be okay. in the dark matches. Okay, she'll be in the dark matches. We won't even see her at all. That's probably worse. If she's not even on main event, that's that's probably worse. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. I think Xia has potential. I think she's gotten better over the years. I think she's a great heel. The Tian Shaw shit ran its course a while ago, dude. You saw NXT this week, right? In the dumb Tian Shaw match or the Mia Ying or whatever they call her now. Um, the yeah. stupid match she had, yeah. Not good. It's awful. What Bo is a star though. <laughs> no comment. That act is as good as dead. Just get rid of it. Um, Owens is basically just moving the pieces around, and nothing really changes because he's on his way out for sure. Shayna. So I reckon she might be champion in the next, honestly, do two or three months. They are giving her the aggressive push right now. She decimated Dana Brooke on Raw. She teased something with Dewdrop. They're on separate shows, but I assume they have her beat Dewdrop next week. Dewdrop coming out to make the save, and before she even came out, she was doing the dumb finger thing. was one of the stupidest things I have ever fucking seen. And it made me so angry just watching that. And I think she's great. I really enjoyed her work in NXT UK. I saw her two months ago over SummerSlam weekend. This Dewdrop shit is uh, terrible. I honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I think I almost prefer her with Eva Marie. Because at least when she was the heel with Eva, she was straightforward. She was badass. She was on the show. Now she's a face. She's got the terrible fucking music. She's dancing around like a goofball, and she does not come across as intimidating at all. I just thought that infuriated me so much. I didn't see the finger thing that you're talking about, so I'm glad I didn't. Um, but yeah, the whole Dewdrop thing, just make, just make her Piper Nevin and a baby face. Holy shit. It's not hard at all. They have her dancing around like a fucking moron. It's just terrible. It's awful. It, it's literally, I'm not even kidding. They are giving her the Funkasaurus gimmick for, and like, they're just not calling her a dinosaur. But she is out there dancing and, like, I, I don't know if it's like a weight thing with them. They're like, oh, it's funny if she's, you know, she's fat and she could dance. Like, it's just, it's stupid. Like, just book her the way that she was in NXT UK. Her look should have absolutely nothing to do with it. She's a very good worker. I don't. I'm the, that's just speculation in my part because I feel like every every bigger woman they have on their roster either has to be like this bubbly baby face or like this dominant heel, which works in some cases. But Nia, for example, is fucking terrible, so it never really worked for her, and she's just not good in general. Um, so with Shayna, I gotta transition into this. We got the Queen's Crown coming up at Crown Jewel. Qualifying matches start this week. King of the Ring as well. I guess they're gonna do the qualifying and all the the rounds and everything in the next. Two weeks, because it's going to culminate in the pay-per-view, which is in two weeks from today, um, which, of, of which maybe we'll record after the show, because it's literally happening at like noon on that Thursday, so we'll figure out something to do. Um, but who do you think is winning these tournaments? I think Shane is a, is a slam dunk for the Women's Queen's Crown. Not too sure about King of the Ring, though. Yeah, I think Shane, I, I mean, her or Liv Morgan, I feel like. I feel like they're both pushing them pretty hard. I mean, Shane a little bit harder, but I think either of them would be good. I think they could use it. Liv could definitely use it. Um, but Shane, I feel like Shane doesn't need a winner. She's just a badass heel. I think you could honestly have like Liv maybe like win, like shock win Shayna wins the thing, and then you can have Shayna beat the shit out of her after to keep her heat. Um, but I feel like Liv Morgan definitely would be pretty cool if she won. I feel like she could help vault her up the card a little bit. The men, 
I, I honestly don't know. Whoever wins, for the love of God, don't make him king, whatever. Hopefully it's not carrying Cross. <laughs> king Cross. That might be better than what he's wearing now. Who knows? No, no, I was talking more about King Carrying Cross. Oh, awful. <laughs> no, oh, what about... God, KKK, that's awful. <laughs> Carrying and Kofi Kingston will never win King of the Ring. <laughs> yep. They can't. Xavier Woods, maybe. I don't see that happening. I don't even think he's going to be in the thing. He's been he's been saying for years that he wants to be in it. I don't think he's... Even, I don't even think they're going to put him in it, let alone have him win it, which is a shame because I think... Just throw the guy a fucking bone, you know? I think that'd be cool. Why not? The whole tournament's a joke anyway. I mean, Corbin won the thing last time. So why why the fuck not just give it to Xavier Woods? And it beats them going back into the tag team division for the millionth time. Uh, fourth round here, the WWE dropped the Street Profits. The Viking Raiders, Balor, Ricochet all drafted. The Profits are back on Raw. Viking Raiders are on SmackDown for the first time. I called that one. Finn Balor back on Raw. Not sure how to feel about that one. Although he is on the same show as AJ Styles. That's cool, but... Balor on, it feels like the only, Balor was back on SmackDown for two months. He was only on SmackDown to do the job to Roman and then go to Raw. That is hilarious. And also kill the demon in the process. And Ricochet on SmackDown for the first time, which is cool. Um, yeah, the Profits being back on Raw, I guess. I mean, it's better than splitting up, but I mean, they can go after the Raw tag team titles, I guess, so whatever. The Raiders on SmackDown made sense. Balor, I'm skeptical of. And Ricochet being on SmackDown, I'm a big fan of because he's been on Raw the entire time. And he was going nowhere fast on Monday night. So uh, I got mixed feelings on a, a lot of these draft picks in round four here. Yeah, it was a mixed bag here. I mean, Finn going back to Raw, like, it's nice. I heard, like, there were reports that, like, they really want to push Finn. But, I mean, if he's doing, like, the heartbeat shit with the lights going off, no thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good on no more demon stuff after that. But uh, I think, I mean, the profits going to Raw like made sense because Bianca. But like I said the tag team division's awful. Viking Raiders going to SmackDown need to happen. They faced every team on Raw. Uh, Ricochet going to SmackDown. I liked it. Like I think if he's ever going to have a right push, it's that's the time. And I feel like he's just a just if he's he's just a twenty four seven goof on Raw. So maybe they can push him, put him on SmackDown. Make him more of a mid-card guy. If not, whenever his contract's up, please, for the love of God, leave and put a mask on for at least a year. We talked about that last week, but do you think it is too little too late for uh, Ricochet? Even though, I mean, listen, change of scenery is always great. I think it is a plus for him and prevents him from being on main event, which he's been on for the majority of the year. He was literally on main event. I watched it before I called you. Lost to Karrion Cross for the third time. I think Karrion winning is the right call, but Ricochet is a fucking loser. I mean, the guy couldn't even beat Ricochet, or Reggie, rather for the 24-7 championship. Is it too little, too late for Ricochet in WWE? Like, do you see him going to SmackDown, getting a renewed push as a singles guy, maybe chasing the IC title at some point? Or do you think it's, uh, I don't know. Do you, is there a chance he gets pushed again at a meaningful level? Or is it like the writing's on the wall and the, the you know, it's, it's pretty much the point of no return for Ricochet in WWE? No, he has a chance on SmackDown when he's on Dark matches in a month, like I said, once he leaves, under a mask for at least a year, then he get the stench off, and then he can go on with his career. Here's the... Abri- What'd you say? Has to have the mask on for at least a year, though. If not, he's screwed. Gotta go back to being Prince Puma for at least a little while. Um, One year, he's still 32, so if his contract's up soon, wear a mask for his 33 year, his 33rd <laughs> year. When he turns 34, blossom into the old ricochet, the stench will be gone. <laughs> You, you know the term that I was looking for in regards to the ricochet? Damage goods. Yeah. Is that what you would call them? 
if he's in dark matches, he's damaged goods. Then he has to put the mask on for a year. Is he damaged goods now, though? Not yet. I'm willing to give him a pass until you see him on dark matches on SmackDown. All right. So what? what's the time window here? You said a month, but you give it until WrestleMania? Like... I'll give it to Survivor Series to make a judgment. Survive? It's in six weeks. I don't care. He has. Hey, they can, <laughs> they can continually ruin him in six weeks, and then I'll say, "Put the mask on now." All right, all right. We'll say. Hey, listen, I don't blame you, and, and that's that's saying a lot coming from you because I know you like to be. I I'm, I try to be optimistic, but you're more optimistic regards in regards to some more uh, some of the more of this stuff than I am in regards to like people getting ruined and shit and. I don't know. I want to see him do well on SmackDown. I'm not confident knowing who's still writing the shows, but time will tell. I mentioned Karrion Cross. He got drafted a Raw in the first uh, pick of the fifth round, so doesn't exactly speak well to his future when you get drafted in round five, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, after all these, after Zia Lee, Zia Lee is more uh, a sought-out draft pick than Karrion Cross, I guess, so there you go. Former NXT champion Karrion Cross. Angel Garza and Alberto Carrillo staying, uh, or no, rather moving to SmackDown. Uh, they're the new team on the block. Alexa Bliss staying on Raw and Cesaro staying on SmackDown. Again, doesn't speak too highly for Cesaro to go on the last pick of the fifth round. Not a great, uh, not, not, not too indicative or, you know, of a, a bright future for him in WWE. Um, these are kind of like the supplemental ones, so to speak. Carrying Raw, Garza, Carrillo, SmackDown, Bliss, Raw, Cesaro, SmackDown. Thoughts on those? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Wasn't a great round. Round five was not good. Mm. Uh, Cross, like Cross, he's just been eh. Garza and Carrillo, I mean, they're decent as a new tag team. I think Garza has a lot more of a future as a single, but mm. we'll see. Alexa staying on Raw. We'll see. Smashes are on SmackDown. I mean, at this point, he's like Dolph Ziggler 2.0. He's as good as he's going to get. And I don't know if he's happy with that, just like being a decent guy or what, but I mean... I don't know. I just I don't I don't know if I even feel bad for him because he's been with the company for so long. It's just like how can I miss you if you never leave? Yeah, it's like the Dolph thing. Do you think he's another guy, Cesaro and Cross? I mean, Cross has been here for six weeks, but with the way they've booked him, would you guy would you classify either guy as damaged goods or not quite yet? Not quite yet. I mean, Cesaro at least had a nice push earlier this year. I just don't know. What do you really do with him on SmackDown? I mean, I guess you could be Intercontinental Champion. You can rekindle the Sheamus feud after they team for so long. I mean, that's an idea. Um, but time will tell. So last round, Carmella going to Raw for the first time. I was very happy with that. Although the fact that Liv Morgan also got drafted to Raw, I think is stupid. I think she should have stayed on SmackDown, but whatever. Um, Ridge Holland getting called up from NXT to SmackDown. Very interesting. I think, was it me or you that called that last week? It was you, right? I think I said Ridge would be sick on SmackDown. Or, okay. uh, I did think that there was some merit to that because he has lost a lot lately, so it would make sense. Sami Zayn also staying on SmackDown. And Gable Stevenson, Olympic gold medalist from 2020, or I mean 2021, I mean he won a couple of months ago in the 2020 Olympics, uh, going to Raw. Um, I don't see him being on there anytime soon. He might appear in person one of these days, but... I mean, you read the same report that I did. WWE said themselves they're going to set up a whole camp for him near his... School is like a senior in college or whatever. There's no way he gets drafted. I mean, he gets like a, in a regular role on Raw anytime soon. The guy probably watched this fucking draft from his dorm room. There's no way he's going to be on Raw regularly by next week. Um, it's probably more of a long-term thing to capitalize off the buzz. 
That was a big shock, though. I mean, I would have gone him. I mean, NXT 2.0 should be for people like him. So I would have put him on Tuesdays on NXT. That's just me. Um, Holland. I like Holland a lot, dude. I just don't know if he's ready for it is the thing. I feel like the people that are ready that should have been called up from the get. Like, what the fuck is LA Knight and Frankie Mo? What are they doing in NXT? There's no reason for them to even be there in the first place. But then Ridge Holland, is he's meant for an NXT. NXT is meant for guys like him. And I think he's very good. I just don't know if he's quite there yet is the problem. Without Pete Dunne, I am slightly skeptical. I don't know if they're going to give him the same Lars Sullivan push they tried a couple of years ago. I mean, obviously, they ran into some issues with that. Um, he was a problematic person, but I don't know. So thoughts on Carmelo, Ridge Holland, Gable Stevenson, or Gable Stevenson, rather, not Stevenson, Stevenson, and uh, Sami Zayn. Carmelo needed a move. I feel like she's been smacked on forever. Some moving her to Raw made sense. Stevenson to Raw. I mean, he's a bigger name. I don't hate that he's not going to be on the next day, but I'm assuming he'll be training until he gets to Raw. Not a big deal with that. Sami Zayn, Cesaro 2.0, basically. I mean, I don't... I mean, he's just mid-card for life at this point. I don't really see him higher than that, but mm-hmm. another one, if you don't leave, how can I miss you? And Ridge, I think, has a lot of potential. The only issue I had was that they drafted Sheamus to SmackDown. They're kind of similar gimmicks a little bit they kind of wear the same stuff was a little appalled by that i mean maybe they do Seamus star he can team up again and kind of ridge on his own but that's kind of the only thing i'm worried about like they'll have the same basically the same two people and i, I i'm assuming they'd probably push Seamus over him but i think ridge has a lot of potential i would have put him on the opposite show Seamus. but besides that i mean I don't know. I feel like he could be. He's one of those people that like people don't have a high expectation on coming from NXT, and I feel like they usually succeed the most in the main roster for some reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe because like you're not expecting a ton out of them, or Vince just does what he wants to do. But I mean, obviously, there's people that come from NXT that are higher regard, and they do have a decent career as well. But I feel like like Bliss and Truman are like two examples of people that didn't really do much mm-hmm. in NXT, and they got called up, and they thrive more than people that we thought would be amazingly over so i think i'll give it i like ridge a lot i think he has a lot of potential and we'll see where it goes who drops the hat first sheamus or ridge island sheamus <laughs> i never understood why he wore that dumb hat to the ring i don't mind the gimmick but it's like whatever he was doing before was perfectly fine him wearing like the the, the wife beater down to the ring i just never understood that the wife beater with, like, the brown trench coat? Yeah, I don't really get it either. Yeah, with the weird face mask, too. It looks like he should be 50 feet away from a school. <laughs> 100 feet. <laughs> At least 100. It looks like it's a Phantom of the Opera type thing. And, uh, I mean, I think he did legit re-break his nose recently against Damien, but still, I'm not a big fan of the look. So, Ridge Holland should keep it. I like the theme. I like the overall presentation. His in-ring work remains to be seen. Uh, needs more improvement there, but... You know, I think him on SmackDown is a better fit than him on Raw, so we'll see where they go with him. Supplemental picks for night two uh, announced on Raw Talk. Dana Brooke on Raw, who gives a fuck. Um, Dolph and Robert Roode, probably people forgot they were even employed. Uh, they're moving back to Raw as they do every year. Again, who cares? Cedric and Shelton staying on Raw, thank God, reuniting uh, with Bobby, staying on the same show, which is good. Jackson Riker remaining on Raw. Who gives a fuck? Or remaining on main event more specifically, not Raw. Uh, Jinder Mahal and Shanky making the move to SmackDown without Veer, who stays on Raw. Tegan and Shotzi getting split up. Shotzi on SmackDown. Tegan Knox on Raw. 
Tamina and Natalya getting split up, split up. Tamina on Raw, Natalya on SmackDown, which means we might get Tamina and Nia as a tag team at some point. Fucking kill me. That sounds awful. Liv Morgan going to Raw. Mia Yim going to Raw. It says she was on NXT, but she was on Raw already as Retaliation or whatever the hell her name was. But hopefully they actually use her. And um, The Miz remaining on Raw. The fact that The Miz got moved in the supplemental draft tells you all you need to know about the year that he's had. I mean, the guy had an eight-day run as WWE champion, and he got moved in the fucking supplemental draft. I mean, come on, man. Uh, I know he's not around right now, but that's pretty bad. So, uh, any thoughts on these, Mr. Marceau? Any major takeaways? Splitting up a few more tag teams, a few more stables, uh, some good moves, some moves that don't really matter. Any thoughts on any of these that I just mentioned? Um, I mean, the only ones that really stick out to me, I'm glad they broke up Shotzi and Tegan. I mean, they never were a team to begin with, so I don't know why they put them together. Um, I think Tegan is, like... I don't know how you mess her up. I feel like she could be a huge star, but knowing them, they just won't do it. I mean, I feel like she screams, like, title base. Shotzi, I'm not a big fan of her, but I think decent enough. Natalia and Tamina splitting up. Don't care. Um, Veer, I feel bad for Veer. He'll be on main event. Poor guy. Got broke up from Jinder and Shanky. Um, I mean, they, they're walking papers, and I really wouldn't care. Same with Jackson Riker. Um, Dana Brooke... Don't have any comment on her. Um, I mean, the other people are just kind of there. I mean, the Hurt Business, I mean, it would be that big of a deal. They're in the fucking supplemental draft. Rude and Ziggler, just collecting a paycheck. Uh, the Miz, Miz is what it is. I just, uh, most of these people I really don't see much in. I clear the company either. But I think Tegan, out of all of them, has the most potential to be a breakout star. Now that they've been split up, does that mean the women's tag division is officially dead? I'd say so. Oh, yeah, it's, it should be. I mean, the, the women's tag team titles, I'll admit, I have a mea culpa, terrible idea. Should have done it. Yeah, but you said that five years ago when it would have been a good idea. I think you're being too hard on yourself because when... Nope, wh- nope, nope, nope. I, I'm taking a mea culpa, terrible idea. <laughs> I, I'm i admitting I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I t- I'm out of the take bunker. Terrible idea. I apologize <laughs> to everyone. And they should never do it again. Let's be fair here. It's a good idea, and it was good when it first started for maybe a month or two, um, and it's been almost three years. The problem is that they don't know how to book women's tag team titles. That's the issue. Like Impact has them now, and they've I think they've done very well with them for the most part. WWE never really figured out how to use them. Like The Iconics were booked like fucking losers. They were never really treated with any real seriousness, and they've just been a joke. So The fact they would break up every team, they, like literally every team, and the current champions aren't even an actual team is... I mean, that is amazing. That It is amazing you literally went out of your way to break up every team that you had. And they had a decent amount of teams a couple of months ago. I mean, a couple of months ago, they had Italian Tamina, Shotzi, and Tegan. Not even Rhea and, and, and uh, Nikki, but they had Nia and Shayna, Eva and Dewdrop, Naomi and Asuka, Dana and Mandy. Man, they broke up. Wait, they actually, wait, I'm not thinking of They actually broke up every tag team. Weird. Every single tag team. And listen, I'm not saying I, I cared. Naomi and Lana was another one. They fired Lana. Riot Squad was another one. That's like, they've literally broken up, broken up eight or nine women's tag teams this year. I mean, that's not even that's not even a joke. I mean, that is actually what happened. Um, and a lot of those teams should not have been a team in the first place, but you need to have teams in order to have tag team titles. So I'm very curious to see what they do with these two. Maybe they'll do those Shotzi and Tegan match. 
with Rhea, and I mean, just do it anyway. Even though they're on separate shows, the brand split doesn't go back into effect until after Crown Jewel. Do it next week or something, just to do it. But beyond that, throw the titles in the fucking trash, because they're a complete waste. So, that was the um, 2021 WWE draft. A bunch of people went undrafted. Nothing too shocking, though. I know Bailey didn't get drafted, but that's because she's currently hurt. Brock is already, you know, he already said that he was a free agent, so that's not really surprising. Asuka is also hurt. Um, Elias, we have no idea where he is right now. Eva Marie got hurt in storyline. I'm not really sure. If Nia got hurt in storyline, why not Nia getting drafted? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Lacey got pregnant. She's been pregnant all year. Um, Lucha House Party probably on their way out. They already requested their releases reportedly. Um, Maurice, I'm not really sure why she's listed. She was never a part of the active roster. Tedis O'Neill um, has not appeared in an active role in close to a year. Not surprised there. And Slapjack, better known as Shane Thorne, the fucking, you know, Crocodile Dundee guy is not being drafted either. Doesn't surprise me. Um, Bailey and Asuka, probably the top picks there. Where do you see them ending up when they come back from their respective injuries? Um, I mean, Bailey has to go to Raw, mm-hmm. get put two, two horsemen on both shows. I'd put Asuka on SmackDown. I feel like she's been on Raw for so much and meant nothing. So a scenery change can help for her. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, for her, it doesn't exactly matter, I guess. But I guess it's better than nothing. I guess it's better Dude, than... Dude, her those... 20 was abysmal. What did <laughs> you say? She year and was awful. What, from from last year to this year? You're talking about her 2021? Yes, her 2020... For her winning the championship to when she lost, it was abysmal. I mean, I've said this, like, a lot, but, like, she has done everything there is to do, dude. I mean, she was champion for, like, eight... She was champion for a almost a year, man. Almost a year. Literally, I mean, she won the title after Becky got pregnant or was handed it or whatever. She lost it for like a month, got it back, and she lost it at WrestleMania. She's done nothing since then. Nothing! She was in the women's ladder match. No one gave a fuck. She was at uh, Backlash. She lost there. She's lost to Rhea and Charlotte a million times. She was in the tag division for a cup of coffee. No one gave a shit about that. She is... It's amazing how little she means, right? I feel like not enough people talk about how little Asuka means. I know she's not on the show right now, but even before she got hurt, dude, they weren't doing anything with Asuka. I don't know. It's just, I feel like she should leave, too. She probably won't. She's probably content. It's fine. But creatively, she's just stagnant as all hell. Um, You mentioned that you thought Raw got the better, or SmackDown got the better of the draft. I thought it was Raw with the amount of men they picked up and... SmackDown lost a lot of their men, but Raw didn't really lose a lot of people. They kind of kept a lot of their top players, except for Drew. I think Raw came out on this on the better end of this, aside from the women's and tag team divisions. But uh, give me your analysis and why you think SmackDown might have come out of this thing stronger. Because they have the three of the top four people in the company. Roman, Charlotte, Drew. Oh, and then the fourth one being who? Big E or something? I would say Becky. I would say Becky. Or Becky, <laughs> Becky, yeah. I mean, Becky okay. moved, but like I feel like, Ron, hey, yeah, they got Rons, but I feel like, like I said, I hate his character. I feel like he's doing some of the worst work of his career now. So losing him was, I feel like it's not that big of a deal. They got Edge. He's not a main, not a main tent. He's not really a main player right now. He's kind of mm-hmm. there and whatever. Sasha's on SmackDown. She's huge. Um, I mean, yeah, SmackDown can get a lot of people. But I mean, Shayna, Shayna's going to come over, and I feel like she's going to be doing big things. Sheamus is always in the in the picture. Um, he needed a scenery change. Um, I mean, I don't think SmackDown needs a lot of big-time players either. Like, the show's shorter, so, like, they don't need all these big-time people. Mm-hmm. But they have big names. Like I said, like, maybe they can push Rid up the card a little bit. Hit Row can be involved. I, I feel like they don't need as many big-time players as Rock's Raw 
is so long that they need the more they need more people in general just because it's a longer show. But I feel like SmackDown with the three pillars of people they have with Reigns, Charlotte, and Drew, you can have Drew still like not even in the main title picture. You can still have him on the show, Charlotte and Reigns. They all have 20 to 30 minute segments. I mean, that's almost two hours of show anyways. And then you can still feature some of the underneath people as well. I, I just think SmackDown, you only need a few big time players to make the show bearable. Raw, you can have every guy in the company. It would still be awful. I don't know. I feel like Raw, like you said, I'm looking at it here. Raw did get a lot of people. I just, I still think the show is still, like, they need the people. And I still think the show will suffer. Well, you forgot to mention that SmackDown got the biggest player in the company, Aaliyah. I heard she went to the same school as Ariane, so hopefully she figures it out. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so here's the thing, though, with SmackDown. I think they picked up... Raw picked up a lot of big stars that were already big stars. I think SmackDown Drew was already an established big star. But I think, my opinion, I think SmackDown does a better job of taking Raw's scraps and making the most of that. So, like, for example, Ricochet was a fucking loser on Raw. Jeff Hardy, a fucking loser on Raw. Shayna up until a week ago, was a fucking loser on Raw. But I think all three of those people, jury's still out on Ricochet, but I'm pretty confident Shayna and Jeff will be in top positions in their respective divisions within the next, I'm not even kidding, like two or three months. Like, I think they do a good job of taking people from Raw that Raw was doing nothing with and giving them a lot of success on SmackDown, which is bizarre because it's a smaller show, so you would think it'd be the way around, but I feel like Raw is where people go to die. Like, Balor, I'm very skeptical that he will do anything of note on Raw. You know, him... Um, Owens. Owens. I mean, Owens is leaving anyway. That's not even a surprise. Um, Cruz, bye-bye. See ya. Never see you again. You'll see. I'll see you on main event, buddy. No way he stays on Raw in a regular role. Not a fucking chance. Um, anyone else, I'm not really sure. Like, Damien, I think, will be fine. Sheamus, another guy. I think he's a guy that could really... He's already been a player on Raw, like, he wasn't world champion, though. I mean, it's the Roman Reigns show right now. But he's another guy that's been fucking killing it over the last year. And him on SmackDown, I don't know about you, I want to see him as Intercontinental Champion after Nakamura. Who? Sheamus. Uh, I mean, I feel like you can have him contend. I would like someone else, like, you can push up the car a little bit. Like you said, like, either either Ridge or you could have Swerve. They get the <laughs> I was going to say, kid really wants Swerve as IC champion. You just need to, like... The thing is with Sheamus, I love Sheamus. He, like you said, he has been doing great work, but it's just like he is a known commodity. I feel like what people like fail to realize, like if he gets hurt or gone, like then what do you do? Like you need to still build up other people. Like Sheamus will always—he's one of those people that can lose a thousand matches, and people would still probably care about him enough that it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you could thrust him in the title picture, and then he starts beating all these people, and they just don't like. You need to build them up before you can knock them down. Like, Sheamus wouldn't be the position now if he was just booked like a loser his whole career. I mean, he's won everything, basically, at this point. So, like, that's why he is where he is. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't hate it if he was Intercontinental Champion, but I don't know. I would have moved Priest and Nakamura. I definitely would have done that. That's my one part of the draft I didn't like. I would have easily switched both of them. Because you know as soon as Priest dropped the championship that he would be a great contender for Roman. Nakamura, I'm not too I'm not, you know, confident that's what's gonna happen. No, once he loses the belt, he'll be I don't even know what he'll be doing. I mean Off he'll be TV. doing the same thing as Cesaro, just staying in the mid card, which is fine, but I, I don't know if they I don't know if they see Nakamura and Priest as a, like a big level match as much as I think Priest and Roman can be a big level match down the road. 
No, a Priest and Roman, like I like we said before, like, I want Priest to be the one to beat Roman at this point. I really don't know how else you, who else you have beat him that unless you have like a Drew or, for the love of God, Brock beat him. But I mean, I just don't think I like wouldn't totally hate Drew beating him. I just don't think it's necessary. Like Drew's already popular. Like you don't need him to beat Roman. Like if anyone, you need a guy like, and it's not like Damian Priest is some loser. Like he's actually been one of the most consistently booked guys called up from NXT. Like, he's actually been booked correctly. Like, mm-hmm. he got brought up with a nice celebrity match. He's been booked great on Raw. He won the championship. He's been all over the show. He's been winning consistently. Like, then you bring him to SmackDown, and then he drops the belt to someone. Then you push him as a babyface to Roman and beat him. And then you give him another big star. But I, I also don't think his age helps him at all. I mean, he is older. He's almost 40 or 39. I mean... Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I just, I feel like if anyone's going to beat him, it would be him, but I, I don't know who else, who else besides Drew would beat him, and I just don't think Drew really needs to do that. Well, get ready, because it's going to be Drew. Drew's going to win the Rumble again, and then he's going to face Roman at WrestleMania and beat him, so. Which isn't the worst option, but I'm not, I don't know. I just crush over here. What'd you say? Kids crush my dreams over here. <laughs> yeah, you know, my crystal ball. I'm just preparing for the, uh, for the inevitable, is really what's going to happen, so, uh. I don't know. I don't mind that. I think Drew and Roman is a WrestleMania-worthy match, but I want to see the person who ends Roman. I mean, I said that last year, but at that point, Roman had only been champion for like six or seven months. He's going to be champion by Mania, assuming he holds and doesn't drop it in two weeks to Brock Lesnar, which he very well could. Um, he's going to be champion for a year and a half. I mean, that is unprecedented for the main roster. No one does that. Maybe Brock punked it, came close, that was about it. No one does that on the main roster, so in WWE anyway. Um, so that, that's what's got to happen. It's got to be someone like Priest winning the Rumble, but I'm prepared for it to be Drew McIntyre. I'm almost confident that's what's going to happen, so it is what it is. But speaking of Crown Jewel, Mr. Marceau, two weeks, any interest in doing a post-show? Because it airs at, like, fucking noon or something. It's at a random-ass time on a Thursday in two weeks, which really fucks up whenever we record this show. Um, we can either talk about it later on Thursday or on or Friday at some point when you're free, but... Would you be more interested in reviewing Crown Jewel or previewing Crown Jewel in two weeks? Reviewing it. And I want to dump all over the show. <laughs> so we have some sort of event after Brock beats Roman in two minutes? Yeah, I, yes. I want, I'd rather review that show than what. I'd rather review the show itself than predict it. I, I think we could have a lot of fun doing that. Yo, Brock and Goldberg winning on the same show in a couple of weeks is going to be glorious. Oh, God, pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait for that one. Uh, I I kid, I kid, but half kidding, because I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We'll find out. We'll all find out together at Crown Jewel in two weeks' time. Uh, This has been great, Mr. Marceau. Before I let you go in like a minute, um, any overall thoughts on AEW? Because I should probably mention them. They had a very good show last night. I thoroughly enjoyed the anniversary show. Um, You had Paige coming back, winning the Casino Battle Royal, or no, the, the Casino Ladder Match, rather. They have a lot of fucking casino shit. Um, love that. Thought it was great. Thought it was really well done. Great match. Great moment. Right guy to win it. Um, eight man, 10 man tag, whatever it was. You hate that shit. I enjoyed it for what it was. I understand that. Um, I enjoyed Sheeta and Deeb. I thought that was a really good match. The Cajun Stark stuff was a complete waste of time. Um, I don't know what else there was, but I remember enjoying the show overall though. And I really liked the main event and the outcome. So I'm going to get your two cents. No, Hangman coming back was amazing. I mean, it's what needed to happen. The the sixteen man tag was fucking terrible. I don't know how you could enjoy it. It's just, <laughs> it's just not even a match. It's just like intertwined people interfering. 
You have the stupid referee just stand there with his hands up because he doesn't know what the hell's going on. It just, I feel like I hate it because it like brings Cole down, makes him look like a fucking goof, and just the less of it's better. I just don't understand. And I feel like it does nothing for the baby face. The Jungle Boy got beat again. It's like, okay. So what do you do now? The guy's a fucking loser. Just keeps losing it. <laughs> he's in. He lost to Omega. He's lost to Cole twice now. The him and Luchadors have lost every match they've ever had against the Bucks. I mean, like, they're just fucking losers, so I don't care about them. Christian's whatever, and then the only one that gets over is fucking Daniel, because he's the only one that's a star out of all of them, so whatever. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Camarado face fucking... Darby in like 10 seconds, yeah. Complete waste of time. And then we get, oh my god, then we get fucking Jericho and them in a eight-man tag, so that's going to be amazing. All right, I think it's six-man, isn't it? I thought it was six-man. Too many, man. Um, <laughs> Jorge Masvidal is going to be ringside. Cool. Junior Dos Santos, you like those guys, I thought. Yeah, they, they still, it just, it does, there's no, it just, it is what it is. They're going to get the rub from Jericho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rub from Jericho. Like yeah, Orton Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Deep and Sheeta match is good. I mean, they're probably the two of the best women in the company, so that was good. I think she had a pre-tape. I think Britt Baker was on the show, but I don't really remember seeing yes, her. Yes, she was, yep. Yeah, no idea what they're doing with her next. Um, hmm. MGF and the Pinnacle beating the shit out of Darby Allen was kind of weird because they had mask on, even though we know who exactly it was. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I'm glad they're not doing the match next week, though. I appreciated that. I thought they were doing the match next week. No, they announced it, but then he got attacked, and they said that he's not cleared. So. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, the title for the women, I mean. We talked about it already, but yeah. It is what it is. I mean, I don't love it. I, don't, I guess I don't hate it, but... I've, I don't really it, think it's, it's a wait and see approach for me. We'll see. And then the main event was like I said, if there was anyone but Hangman, I think the people would have been pissed. Made sense, um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was a show for what it was. Um, I mean, Bobby Fish and Sammy Guevara was actually pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna say I forgot to mention that, but I enjoyed that. Yeah. And then, like I said, they had the beatdown after, but I don't know. I thought it was a good show. Punk being out there, I just swear to God, they just have him come out for a promo, just like say that he's on the show but yes i i agree but at least he established that he's facing garcia on friday so i did appreciate that at least is he the ra- is he like the rampage headliner like he is because the ratings are in the fucking toilet so he's like he debuted on rampage he had his first match on rampage he's having a second match on Ram- they, they're doing they're making like they're not even they don't have a brand split but i feel like they're making him exclusive to rampage the lucha bros too they're ne- almost never on dynamite the tag team champions are almost never on, on Wednesdays, but they're almost always on Rampage, and I think that's because the ratings are in the fucking toilet, and they want to convince people to watch the show. So they stack the show for Friday. I'm looking forward to it, but it's obvious what they're doing here. Well, who's on the show for Friday? I didn't even look. Uh, Punk and Garcia is probably the main event, I would assume. No, nah, uh, I don't know. Lucha Bros are defending against the Acclaimed. They're, oh, God. Uh, tag titles. Uh, there were two more matches. I think it's like Jay oh. Cargo. Yes, Jade Cargill and Sky Blue, and then they're also doing the Philly Street fight between Starks and Cage. That's the show. So I'd say it's a loaded show, but I mean, I, I'm looking forward. I mean, I like Sky Blue, and that's going to be a squash. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her. I, the Philly Street fight should be fun. I'm glad they're. If anything else, if nothing else, I'm glad they're blowing off that Starks and Cage feud that's been going on since 2005. I mean, I'm I'm ready for that to be over with. Um, yeah, that'll probably be the main event, honestly. They'll have Punk and. 
That'll else, open yeah. the show, yeah. They'll kick, they'll kick off, yeah. Yeah, like... But, I mean, I guess it's a decent show, but I don't know. I feel like... Yeah, I, I just like... The whole punk guard... Like, they beat them like a thousand times. How many more times do you have to beat them? Well, they're giving him a guy, so his first match on TV would be a big name like a Hobbs. His second match will be with someone that's lower level on the card, and he makes sense. I mean, they made it. He was like, "Oh, you attacked me a couple of weeks ago." So I. What about throw ride? Stop! I fucking bum. <laughs> I think he's still at ringside. <laughs> that was the saddest thing I've ever seen. I felt bad. You know, I I jumped on that train a while ago, but I'm thinking when I saw that graphic, I'm like, you know what? Good for him. He's been working for a long time to get this opportunity. I asked him when I saw him two or three years ago. I said. I think this was before All In, and I asked him, like, oh, you know, did you ever get a call about All In? He goes, no, and all this other stuff. And he always struck me as a guy that was WWE or bust. I, we've talked about this before, but he always, to me, was a guy like, if I'm not in WWE, I don't want to do this at all. Because remember he got the trial like five or six years ago, and he didn't make it, and then he complained about it online. And the reason why they didn't hire him was completely legitimate, by the way. And he whined about it and then retired. I mean, and then he what came back this, like a... What was the reason why they didn't hire him? He was acting like a fucking dick during the tryout. He kind of like overstepped his boundaries and was like dancing and didn't really, let's put it this way. I don't think they thought that he was taking it seriously. That and as far as wrestling ability, they probably just didn't see anything in him. He's a great personality. Obviously, he's an awesome talker, but in the ring, he's not really anything special at all. And then when you have this guy out there in 2021 calling himself daddy with a bow tie on, I don't think anyone's really jumping to sign him. (laughs) I can't I can't say I'm shocked that he got literally zero offense in on elevation. I mean he looked like a goof out there. He look he, he is a near I don't think he's even forty. I think he's like thirty six or something. Um but he's out there calling himself Thrill Daddy with the bow tie on. Whatever he's trying ain't fucking working. I think I told you when I saw him at an NEW show a couple of months ago. He had a match with someone. I think it was him. I might have... Maybe I'm misremembering, but... He had a match on the show. It was a decent match. He lost. And as soon as he took the guy's finish and lost, he just rolled out of the ring and walked away. Like, he he literally Austin Aries the finish there and just walked out and no-sold and left. I'm like, what the fuck was that about? He strikes me as a guy with a really bad attitude. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you told me it was him. What'd you say? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you said, like, throw right, like, legitimately just, like... Took the finish and just rolled out and walked away. He strikes me as a guy with a bad attitude. If he's not going to give like an, a given an opportunity or get a push or whatever, he's just going to like completely. I don't know. I I don't know. He's he's a good guy. I've met him a bunch of times. I've had him on the show before. I think you were on the show when I I interviewed him a long time ago. He's a Russell yeah, Radio right. alum. You know, I don't know. I jumped off that bandwagon a while ago because he's. I just feel like with the, his his. I don't want to say work ethic because he does work his ass off and he's on a lot of shows. He busted his ass, but the 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 Leo Rush, Terry Funk, I'm gonna retire six or six, he literally retired, dude, not even a year ago because he had a kid or something and then he got divorced like a month later. Like it was just weird. He's back, baby. What'd you say? He's back. I feel like he's going through like a midlife crisis and the guy's thirty. He's going through a mid career crisis because. I was very happy to see him on Elevation, but when I watched that, I'm like, just just hanging up at this point. It's It was sad, like you said. I think that's the best way to sum it up. <laughs> you remind me with a bow tie, remind me of one of the dicks. Like, <laughs> oh my God, where's Krista Joseph when you need him? 
Big Dick Johnson. Holy shit. I saw that. I'm like, he looks so out of place on this show. And I wish there was an AEW around like years ago because I'm sure he would have been on the show. He would have been entertaining. He got a tryout at Ring of Honor about two years ago and they didn't hire him. You know who we faced? Carmelo Hayes. He got hired by NXT. Why not Thrill Ride? There you go. I think I think we all know the reason why he wasn't hired. And uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I know this is completely irrelevant to anyone else listening because no one really knows who Thrill Ride is, I'm sure. But yeah, it was, it was disappointing. I was really sad to see that because I'm like, eh, this is a guy I feel like that could have been something five or six years ago. WWE rightfully passed on him. And instead of taking that momentum and taking it to like an impact or a ring of honor or continuing to kill it, he literally walked away. And then he just came back, and then he walked away again. And then he walked away again, and then he came back. It's like, how can I care about you if you just keep leaving every five months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hey, if he's on elevation, if he ends up like a powerhouse Hobbs where he looks like a complete fucking loser in his first match there, and then he ends up coming back and getting some shots and whatever, then that's cool. I don't know. I saw that, and I thought it was more of a... Um, I think it was more of a nod to the promoter, because I know... Northeast Wrestling, the guy who runs the place, I think, not friends with Tony Khan, but, like, they use a lot of AEW people on the NEW shows. I was at a show last weekend that had Eddie Kingston on it, and Matt Hardy was there, the whole HFO, whatever. Um, yeah, and I just think it might have been, like a, like, a, like, a, I don't know what you would call it, but, like, a make-good type thing. Like, hey, if you can use my guy, I'll, can you, I'll use your guy type thing. So they let him use Throw Ride on the show, and he was in there for about 10 seconds, so... That tells you, uh, if that's not a good way to sum up his entire career up to this point, I'm not I'm not sure what would. Poor guy. Poor guy. Hopefully we have a throw right update next week here on the shelf. He appears in elevation and loses to Hobbs in about 15 seconds as opposed to 10 seconds this time. Um, but at any rate, we'll be back next week talking all things Raw, SmackDown, AEW, whatnot. Uh, you know, pretty standard show as usual. Going into Crown Jewel in two weeks' time, a post-show review with Mr. Marceau. I'm looking forward to it ahead of Halloween in a couple of short weeks. Any thoughts on what you're wearing for Halloween this year, Mr. Marceau? No idea. What are you wearing? I, so, have you seen that show Squid Game by any chance? I have not. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I have not seen it yet, though. I heard a lot of mixed things about it. I heard a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, this show is fucked up. And Quick story for you. We were about to watch Raw last week, and before Raw came on, she was watching the show Alexis, and uh, I caught maybe five minutes of it. And as soon as I saw this guy take a gun and shoot someone point blank right in the fucking head, I'm like, yeah, I can't watch this. I don't like that type of stuff. It was like, I don't know. It was just weird for me. I can watch other stuff. Like I watched uh, Venom 2 the other day. That's not exactly a happy-go-lucky movie, but I don't know. Stuff when it, deals, when it deals with stuff like that, I'm not a big fan of it. But point being, Alexis saw the show. She loves the show. She's doing a character from the show. Initially, she wanted to do something WandaVision-themed which I was all on board one because I like Marvel and I like the show and whatever, but she jumped off of that and went on to Squid Games and she's trying to convince me to uh, do something from that. I'm like, I haven't even seen the show. I don't want to watch the show. I'm probably just going to reuse my uh, Marty McFly costume from Back to the Future oh two years ago. Oh, my God. I'm going to wear it to Salem. We're going to Salem most likely in Halloween. Boo this man. <laughs> Boo this man. You don't even have a costume picked out yet. Okay. I know, I know, I know. You appreciated my dodgeball costume last year. I loved it, kid. Big, do- big dodgeball guy. Yeah, big dodgeball guy. Big average Joe's fan. Maybe I'll go as uh, Patrick Mahomes this year and get my Chiefs jersey out. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say she busted your Chiefs jersey for Mahomes. She, she busted my Chiefs jersey or my Packers jersey. My uh, what was the other team I was a fan of? The Bucks. Love the Bucks. Uh, <laughs> who are the Chiefs facing on Sunday? I saw the promo during Dynamite last night or Raw, maybe. <laughs> 
They're facing the Bills, I think. Bills! Buffalo Bills! Go Bills Nation! Yeah. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia, that's what it is. Love the Bills Mafia. Very dedicated fan base. They've been doing well. Had a great season last year. I'm sticking with my Chiefs, baby. Sticking with the Chiefs. I think they're going over, I'm going to say, 30-13. I don't even, that doesn't even make sense. But I'm going to go around there. What'd you say? Kids, kids putting them over 30 to 13. Yep. Let's go Chiefs. If, if, if the Chiefs lose, I will come on here and legit eat my hat next week here on the show. Sounds good. I can't wait for it. <laughs> Look forward to Miss Marceau. Take care and I'll catch you next week, brother. Thanks, guys.